Sportsmansguide.com is the ultimate destination for all your outdoor needs. With just a few clicks, you can have them delivered right to your doorstep. Use coupon code HUNTING20 for $20 off your purchase of $100 or more. Sportsmansguide.com offers an extensive range of products from the most trusted brands in the industry. Discover top-of-the-line gear from Scentlock, Ten Point, Baronet, and more. We have the latest models of bows and crossbows, firearms, ammunition, and a full line of Vortex Optics. Join the Sportsman's Guide Buyers Club and unlock incredible savings. Enjoy an extra 10% off most purchases and 5% off guns and ammo. Plus, every order over $49, including ammo, ships absolutely free. Use code HUNTING20 and get 20 bucks off orders of $100 or more, excluding ammo. That's sportsmansguide.com. Use code HUNTING20. Save 20 bucks. That's sportsmansguide.com, your ultimate destination for outdoor gear. Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation, with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zerniel and award-winning veteran broadcaster Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. And now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zerniel. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air. We are so pleased to have you with us. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host, Carol Zernial, is with us as well. Carol is a nationally recognized gerontologist. She was named one of the nation's top 50 influencers in aging by Next Avenue. She is also holds a master's degree in social gerontology and has been in the field of aging for over 30 years. Carol serves as executive director of the Wellman Charitable Foundation and Senior VP Social Responsibility for WellMed Medical Management. And Carol Zerniel, uh, when you talk about caregiving and the challenges caregivers face, you know what caregivers need? They need a toolkit to understand how to do all this. Well, you know, I was thinking exactly the same thing, because the hardest thing for a caregiver to know is where to start. In a toolkit, if somebody else who's walked that walk says, Here's the basics. Here's the basic tools, read, you know, things that you need to know. I mean, that's your halfway uh, above everybody else. You've even figured out that there's help out there. Well, we're in luck because Deidre Edwards is with us. She has a passion for teaching and sharing information with others to help them in living their best life. This passion has not dwindled since her retirement as a registered nurse and a national board certified teacher of career and technical education for the health sciences in high schools. She started writing the how-to skills portion of Toolkit for Caregivers during the two years her husband was in hospice. After he passed away, she saw a need for telling that story, and she wanted to do so to help others. And here she is with us today. Delighted to have you with us. Deidre Edwards, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you, Ron. Thank you, Carol. Um, this is this has turned out to be the the passion for the rest of my life is helping others through their caregiving journey. Tell us about when you began that process with your husband. Uh, as a registered nurse, you certainly had the kind of training to understand the medical issues that he may have faced. But the shoemaker's kid never has shoes. Well, for sure. And uh, I had the blessing of being uh, a, a teacher for students who eventually became uh, CNAs or and then after that, they went into college and and went into 50 different kinds of careers. 
not just nursing, but um, I, I'm a very hands-on teaching the basics, how to do the skills. That's how I came into this caregiving thing. And that was the driving force behind my wanting to teach others um, these things. I thought, you know, I, I had a bit of a learning curve in translating what I knew to the home venue. I had never dealt with hospice before or you know, having a hospital bed in my, my master bedroom. Um, <clears throat> and so um, I thought, you know, um, I'm learning things here. What about someone who does not have my background? Uh, somebody who who's never done anything medically related. Um, and I thought, well, you know, there it is. There's my opportunity to take my gifts to teach a whole new classroom full of people coming from so many different venues and experiences and backgrounds, just trying to help them understand the basics. What were the challenges your husband faced? Um, well, he became um, non, non-ambulatory uh, very quickly uh, toward the end, um, uh, always in great shape and and able to conduct yeah full robust life and then nerve things started happening and congestive heart failure and more nerve things we didn't know really what was going on and um, so he had a neurodegenerative uh, disorder and eventually he became non-ambulatory and he spent literally two years flat on his back never moved. From that hospital bed in our in our home. Well, wow. talk talk a little bit. I mean, this sounds like a really challenging situation. And you mentioned hospice. Hospice is something that scares a lot of people. Can you talk a little bit about your decision with hospice? Uh, well, <clears throat> we thought he was imminently uh, going in in a dying phase. And all the signs were pointing to that. And so we brought in hospice and he ended up qualifying for hospice. You get reevaluated every, um, you know, 60, 90 days. And he kept, you know, qualifying for hospice for two years. Um, and uh, and it is a whole other world. Uh, you know, all of a sudden you the nurse shows up and the aide shows up and Oh, the social workers at the front door, and you know, I, I just didn't understand the world of the whole hospice experience. I thought, well, when's anybody coming, and what's this all about? And so that is, I devote a whole chapter to understanding who might be crossing your threshold, and how to benefit uh, by that. Uh, the hospice community became. Um, each person became our best friend. My husband was quite aware of things and um, bless his heart. He had a tremendously positive attitude uh, about things. He he never complained. He always said, what good would it do? <laughs> so he was cheerful and, um, you know, gave grandfatherly advice to everybody and uh, had a sense of humor and they loved being with him. And so, um, I kind of help people understand the, the bigger picture of what you might be thrown into. Of course, people enter hospice very often. It's just for even for a few days. All right. Hold that uh, thought. I'm going to come right back to you. But I want to let people know who may have just joined us. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. And we're talking with Deidre Edwards, 
Deidre, a registered nurse, Toolkits for Caregiving is one of the books that she has written. We're talking about what led her to write that book and what her experience was with her husband. I want to back up a little bit because Carol was asking you about uh, your decision to bring hospice in. Uh, what motivated you to do that? And, and how quickly did you learn what hospice really was all about? Well, it was a very fast learning experience. He had been in the hospital for 10, 11, 12 days and, um, you know, decreased O2 sats and, you know, just uh, all body systems seeming to, you know, all be winding down. And, uh, you know, we needed, you know, at the very least home health care. But um, my husband did not want to extend his life uh, artificially. Uh, his his mother had been in hospice very briefly. I had alluded to that earlier. A lot of people get into hospice very late in the game. Um, <clears throat> but um, he, he was aware that we were going to do this. And uh, when the hospice people evaluated him, um, he, he qualified. Um, we ha- he came home from the hospital and we actually were on home health very briefly. And um, home health is designed to, uh, you know, help people and, you know, build up skills if you need it. And he actually had, we had a PTOT person come and help him with strength training. But, you know, after a while that, you know, he was unable to maintain and um, being upright. So um, he converted to hospice and that was all within the same organization. We were blessed with being with a home health slash hospice organization so it was the transition was very smooth well so so you you went through this situation with your husband with hospice you're a nurse you put together a toolkit what's the first thing you thought of for that toolkit I'm an organizational person and so I thought um, I would divide this toolkit into uh, equipment Um, We had so much equipment, um, different things to use for this and that. And and I thought, well, I was used to that because I taught in a classroom with four or five hospital beds, you know, because I was teaching, you know, students to become a CNA and other medical things. So um, I, I was used to that environment. But I thought, you know, a lot of people are not, you know, and this is how a hospital bed works. And. And this is how an overbed table works and uh, things you may want to consider to trick out the environment to make it more user friendly. How are you going to protect your floors? How, how are you going to protect your what? Your floors. Ah. We we had just installed brand new wall-to-wall carpeting and, you know, and now you're going to have bed baths and urinary drainage bags and, you know, all this, you know, and feeding, you know, just food in the bedroom, you know, gosh. And so um, I I went to um, the office supply uh, store nearby and bought the largest um, carpet protector. Usually you use that under the office chair to roll around on. And I got the largest one for the business side of the, the bed. And uh, that protected the floor for under the overbed table and, you know, where the bathing would happen and the feeding spills might happen. And that helped. And then 
we uh, ended up with urinary drainage uh, bags. So you, I hung that on the other side of the bed and uh, we had a smaller protector on the floor for that because you sure don't want those spills happening on your floor. So, you know, they're just little things. And um, how I made the, the bed uh, more comfortable to be around using pool noodles, who knew? <laughs> so, um, yeah, we we sliced the pool noodles, um, just your average, you know, Dollar Tree pool noodle, um, slice that lengthwise and just pop that over the side railing and voila, you have something that's not cold and hard to bump into and you can lean on it and it, it we just I just we developed so many things little tricks to uh, having your 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 kit. That's the best tip ever. We're going to yeah. come right back to you. I love the pool noodle trick, and I wish I wish more people would think of that. So thank you for sharing. I'm Ron Aaron. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. Deidre Edwards, a registered nurse, is our special guest, author of Toolkits for Caregivers. And Carol Zerniel, our co-host, is here as well. We're so glad you're with us on the award-winning Caregiver SOS On Air. Well, thank you so much for listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. We're delighted to have you with us. We come to you every week with a discussion of an issue, a problem, some accomplishments involved in caregiving with more than 60 million caregivers across this country, but most thinking they are the Lone Rangers. We try to bring you the latest information and help that can make that job easier and more manageable. Caregiver SOS On Air takes a look at trends across this country. We provide tips on how to be a better caregiver, and most importantly, where you can go for help. On Caregiver SOS On Air, we try to give you what you need to make that caregiving manageable and to provide you with the help that can make your life easier. I'm Ron Aaron. Carol Zerniel and I are delighted to co-host this program, and we're thrilled you've joined us on the award-winning Caregiver SOS On Air podcast available everywhere, brought to you by WellMed Charitable Foundation. Hello, friend. We are so pleased you are with us here on the award-winning Caregiver SOS On Air. Our podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. You may be listening on a podcast now or on the radio. Either way, we are so pleased to have you with us. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, and we're talking with Deidre Edwards. Deidre, a registered nurse and a teacher who has written toolkits for caregivers. We'll tell you how to get a hold of that as well. And what we're talking about are the ways in which, as you become a caregiver, you can improve your ability to be an effective caregiver without, in fact, wearing yourself out. And, and Deidre, you had a great tip just a minute ago about slicing a pool noodle and putting it over the railing of a bed in order to ease that cold, hard steel. And you started to mention off the air, what else could you do with a pool noodle? Well, um, uh, I put it also a larger pool noodle. Uh, they come in like three, at least three sizes. Uh, I put a larger one over the end of the bed, and um, <clears throat> some some patients can't have um, blankets and sheets pressing down on their limbs. Uh, maybe they have uh, ulcers on their their extremities, or their their toes are, are can't just have that shear of the blanket on it. So 
we used a cut off uh, pool noodle, uh, just like a half, and we put it between the the mattress and the the end, the footboard, and stood it up like goalposts. And we draped the blankets over that so it did not press down upon my husband's toes. And <clears throat> I remember when I was a nursing home administrator, we had a lady who had to have a, a literally a cage over her body uh, because no blankets could touch her skin at all. And so you could use a pool noodle, a full length, um, small size pool noodle, wedge it between the side rails and bend it over the side uh, across from them and uh, kind of creating a, this little cage so that, um, you know, the the sheets won't be pressing upon them. Their own so, little cave. You know, yeah, but it's it's so fantastic that you're sharing this advice you know, when my sister had cancer and she had, you know, sores, you know, yes. externally, and she just couldn't bear anything to touch her. And it's hard for people to understand how a small thing like a blanket or a sheet can be so, um, just cause so much pain and discomfort. Uh, and, and a pool noodle, I wish we'd known about pool noodles, I can tell you that. Yes, you can use a short length of a pool noodle about a, a foot long. And um, uh, a ner- one of the hospice aides told me about this. And then you hold your hands over the ends of them, have the patient do that, and hold their arms out straight. And then they t- turn their arms as far as they can, still holding this pool noodle, hold that position for uh, uh, several seconds, and then untwist their arms, and then go back the other way and do that several times. And that process of doing that kind of uh, helps stimulate the bowels. There you go. Something else we also have never heard on Caregiver SOS on air. I love it. (laughs) So so you've got, so we've established, so you've got a section you said with equipment, and those are wonderful examples. What else is in the toolkit? Um, And another chapter is understanding the, the personnel you may see with home health and hospice and how often you may see them and how you can use them as best as possible, including the nurse, the aide, um, the P, um, well, PT and OT if you if you're in home health, uh, the uh, social worker, uh, uh, and and uh, a, a chaplain uh, person. Uh, but I have to say, even if you are not of any particular faith, uh, you do not want to turn away from anybody. Uh, who can offer you help and guidance? Uh, the the uh, the chaplain can um, be as religious as you want him to be or her, uh, but uh, or not. It's just that I encourage the caregivers to uh, embrace all forms of help, and uh, these people are are there, you know, to be used. Uh, Spirituality. And, yeah. Uh, I have another chapter on how to organize um, your time, and uh, I give them little tips and ideas on how to do that. In that, well, give us some tips. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you need two calendars. One is for patient care, where you can write down the date of the last BM, because the nurse is always going to want that. Nurses, we nurses are all about poop. <laughs> <laughs> And but also, you know, when when you're giving um, uh, any extra pain meds, 
you know, you think you can remember these things, but, you know, our brains are taxed all the time. Just get that off your plate, write it down on this little calendar. And then you need a calendar for yourself, because if you are the sole caregiver, you've got to go out and do errands. You've got to have doctor appointments of your own. You need to write down who's going to cover for you and when, you know, you are going out. And I recommend that um, caregivers have at least, at least one day a week that's religiously kept. Say Friday, for instance, I'm going to go out and do things Fridays from 10 to 2. And that way, you know, you can say, okay, I need to see the dentist six months from now. I know what day that's going to be. Friday. And you feel kind of like a normal person being able to do that because caregivers really don't always feel like they're deserving of regular appointments because all the focus seems to be on the patient. And we caregivers have to take care of ourselves too. And so I encourage caregivers, you know, and show them different ways on how to do that. I thought it's interesting you go to paper calendars. A lot of folks today use only electronic calendars. Well, <clears throat> you can do that. But the nurse, when the nurse comes in, for instance, um, and they, they may come in once a week, twice a week, depending upon the patient's you know condition. And uh, for home health, they would probably just come in once a month. But they need to see something. You know, when are you giving pain meds? When are they, you know, if what is the urine output? What's their pain level? What's this and that? And they very often are making their notes in the house while they are there at the visit. And it's so handy for them to just have that to look at so they can make their notes. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, and also the care, um, my calendar for myself uh, I kept that out on the uh, kitchen counter so m the people who covered for me could look at that at any time and they they might see, well, I see you want to go to choir practice on Wednesday, but you don't have anybody covering for you. You know what? I could do that. Or, you know, they they can just see, oh, oh, okay, yeah, I before I leave today, let's see when I'm coming next. Yes, I see, you know, I'll see you Thursday at 10 o'clock. And it it just keeps it all right there. Did you sing Without in your church choir? A phone. Deidre, did you sing in your church choir? Oh, I sure did. <laughs> Do you still? Um, not at the moment because I have moved. But at the time of my caregiving, uh, well, I formerly I had been in three choirs. Um, and I, And that's another thing. Keep up your passions, but maybe you can't do it as much. Sometimes I didn't make choir practice. Sometimes I wasn't in one of those extra choirs. But, you know, you you do the, just do what you can. If maybe you can't golf, uh, you know, 18 holes every week, but maybe you could, you know, shoot some, you know, hit some balls on Wednesday or play nine holes. Just do what you can, even if it's on a reduced basis. Well, in your book, you know, for someone who's new to caregiving, who's, who's just, you know, really discovering what's what, what advice would you give them having gone through your experience and putting, having put this book together? Well, 
I'm emphasizing this more in a rewrite. I am doing another edition of Toolkit for Caregivers. Should be out in the beginning of uh, next year in the first quarter. And in that, I emphasize a little bit more that you don't have to know it all. You 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 just feel like you've just splatted against a wall and that, you know, you're surrounded by all these brand new topics and you feel like you, you maybe need to master them all at once and you need to know what they are all at once, but you don't. You know, if you need to uh, help give your sweetheart a, a, a bed bath, you know, turn to that chapter in the book and I'll walk you through it step by step which as far as I know, there is no other book that teaches skills to, to, to people uh, in, in the world of caregiving books. If you need to understand a little bit more about, um, you know, how you can take care of yourself better, you know, go to that section of the book and just give yourself a chance to breathe and that while our hearts are try, are focused on the being the end all do all for our loved one if we fall apart the whole the whole thing becomes the house of cards and falls apart and you won't be able to be a caregiver because you know you'll be laid up with just stress induced uh, things i i was battling uh, some things uh, with stress related uh, things uh, before I became a caregiver and then it kind of came around again while I was a caregiver and uh, we have to maintain some focus for ourselves we cannot pour from an empty vessel and I, I yeah I just um, it, it's very important uh, to take some time for yourself every day now it we're not talking about you know a three-hour massage you know, there are ways to do this in little bites that are meaningful. And um, I show people how to do that. Well, it sounds we like very a, practical advice. Yeah, we got to stop right here because we're flat out of time. How do people get your book? Um, on Amazon, Toolkit for Caregivers. <laughs> thank you. Deidre Edwards, thank you so much. For Carol Zorniel, I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for listening to us on Caregiver SOS On Air. Executive producers for Caregiver SOS On Air are Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron. Our associate producer is Christy Romero. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org. Hello, I'm Emily Horn, Physician Associate at Magnolia Medical Anesthetics. I've been practicing medicine for almost a decade and serving the greater San Antonio area for half of that. I want to talk about Magnolia's highly successful semaglutide Skinny Quick program. It's a personalized weight loss program where you will meet with a board-certified medical practitioner to discuss your detailed medical history, weight loss goals, and answer any questions you have about semaglutide. Rest assured, you will be consistently and safely monitored 
while on the Skinny Quick medication. And you'll have the best group of supporters and cheerleaders here at Magnolia. If you've been considering losing weight, now is the time with our special, which includes six weeks of medication for $150. See our website, magnoliamedskin.com, to book your complimentary consultation today. Terms and conditions apply.